Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today we have Dr. Robert Goldberg, Chief of Ophthalmic Plastic Surgery at the Jewel Stein Eye Institute, UCLA, to talk to us about the Henry Bayless Fund. Dr. Henry Bayless was the founder of the Jewel Stein Eye Institute Division of Orbital and Ophthalmic Plastic Surgery. And um, Dr. Goldberg is here to talk to us about the future of the the chair and the funding that is um, hoped to be achieved by the division to um, continue with this um, administrative endowed chair to be called the Henry I. Bayless MD Chair at Jill Sinai Institute. Dr. Goldberg, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Angela. It's fun to be here. Great, absolutely. Well, you know, Dr. Goldberg, you know, I think most of our listeners are are very familiar with you, and I'm sure they've seen you lecturing at many of the, you know, um, medical meetings around the world. Um, But for those that are not familiar with you, would you mind, you know, just taking a couple of seconds to tell us about yourself and your role as Chief Chief of Orbital Plastic Surgery at Jewel Stein Eye Institute? Well, thanks, Angela. So my training was first in ophthalmology. I did my residency here at UCLA at the uh, Jules Stein Eye Institute. And then after that, I decided to specialize in ophthalmic plastic surgery, motivated substantially by Hank Bayless and Norm Shore, who were the uh, young faculty members in that specialty back in that time. And so I went on and did a two-year fellowship. After that, I was invited back to the faculty here at the Eye Institute. And so since that time, which nobody's counting, Angela, but someone told me that it's getting to be 30 years now <laughs> since that time I've yes. been. Uh, I, I, but, but you and I are not 30 years older for sure. So there's the math is suspicious there. But So I've been here uh, for 30 years on the faculty. And as the chief of the division, I run a robust fellowship program, which again was a tradition started by Norm and Henry. We have a busy clinical service, seeing many patients both locally and from a national and international referrals in complex oculofacial disease. And we run a, a research program and publish annually five to ten papers that are presented at all the major meetings. We have research fellows and research assistants and a very robust, well-funded research program as well. So it's a pretty big operation here. It, uh, it, it keeps me busy. And then oh, on top of on top of that, I've I've taken uh, on the role of recently I was the uh, president of the ASOPers, so I've also been busy on a, a national political level as well. But my favorite oh. thing is still seeing patients, doing surgery, and teaching the fellows, and that that keeps me busy all the time. Oh, that's great to hear! And congratulations on your president of ASOPers. That's uh, 
No, the no, congratulations is yeah. The congratulations was finishing, and everyone says that everyone says that the best position in the world is past president, which is my title now. Mm. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's a lot of work. It's a busy year. Well, well, let's let's talk about Henry, Dr. Henry Bayless because you know we we all um, again for those of us that have known him and worked with him, we know what a joy you know it, it he was and. Um, you know, but there are, like I said, some people who, you know, would love to hear more about just, you know, his contributions and, and you know, what made him so special. Yeah, no, I think it's an important story because he's really so woven into the fabric of our specialty. Hank was born in the 1930s in Michigan and went to medical school at the University of Michigan. Then he went on to do ophthalmology in San Francisco, which was a young program in those days. And at that time, oculoplastic surgery was really almost un, an undeveloped specialty. In fact, there were just a few fellowships in the country, Angela, where you could even train in the field. There was one in New York with Byron Smith, one in Alabama with Alston Callahan, and actually one in San Francisco with Kroll Beard. He'd already worked with Kroll as a resident, so he decided to go to New York to train with Byron Smith. And it's funny, Angela, to hear the stories about what fellowship was like in those days, because uh, you've, you know, you've been involved in our fellowship now, and you've sort of seen the program. It's very robust and, and well worked out with clear rotations, the fellows, you know, have graduated responsibility, end up doing you know more than a thousand cases during their year. But in those days, it was a six-month fellowship. Byron Smith had three or four fellows at a time, and the fellows weren't allowed to scrub into surgery, but they could watch. They could all stand up and watch. In fact, I think Henry told me that he, they didn't even get in the scrubs. They go in with their suit on, and they'd put a little bit of a you know cover count and watch the surgery from a distance. But that that was how that that was how his training how started. Yeah, so it's such a different world than it is now. But you know, it's a brand new specialty. Well, it's interesting and, to think about how what, coming out of a fellowship in those days with no real hands-on experience, um, you know, yeah. like you said, compared to what we have today. Exactly. So they so people had to learn on their own a lot, right, when they got back. So Hank got back to he decided to come back to the West Coast and he came to Los Angeles. And at that time there was a uh senior ophthalmic plastic surgeon in Los Angeles, sort of the you know, the only one in town I think is is what I heard. And so he decided to uh, open up in the valley because because I think the funny story is that you know nowadays when people open practice they if they're going to be polite they don't open up in the same floor of the building as somebody else right <laughs> but, but sometimes they, sometimes they open up right across the hall well in those days you know that would have been considered very impolite and so since there was someone in already in Los Angeles. Hank decided to open up in the San Fernando Valley. So he was sort of the second full-time ophthalmic plastic surgeon. And early on in his practice, he did a lot of cataracts and general ophthalmology, but he was already doing some innovative ophthalmic plastic surgery. 
the, and then and then how <clears throat> how did he branch from there to you know the, the dual Sinai institute like how did that happen so he so he was out in the valley in this practice, and around that time the ophthalmology program at UCLA was also starting out. The first chairman was uh, Brad Strotsma. Did you ever meet Brad, Angela? I know you've been around UCLA a lot. I think you. I yeah, think no, I introduced I, I you to him at some of the courses. Uh, he was he, he was just a real giant innovator in the in ophthalmology, and so he was starting a brand new program here. And interestingly, Brad's father was a plastic surgeon in New York, famous plastic surgeon. So I think maybe Brad Strotsman, you had a little affinity towards plastic surgery in general. And so Henry Bayless you know, came to him and, and talked about starting a program here. And Brad gave him enormous support. You have to understand this was a time in ophthalmology that it was unheard of for an academic program to have oculoplastic surgery. In the other famous programs around the country, oculoplastic surgery was an afterthought or it was in another building or it wasn't even part of the program. But Brad Strotsman really had a vision that oculoplastic surgery could be a robust part of an academic ophthalmology program. And he gave Hank a lot of support. He supported the fellowship from the beginning. He gave Hank a faculty position. He supported the UCLA CME courses, which you're very familiar with. You've been yeah. involved in those over the years. And so all of this was, was a, a brand new, really sort of radical idea. And I think that it was, that combination of people, Brad Strotsman and Hank Bayless, was part of what really got our field kick-started, not just at UCLA, but around the whole country. Because other programs started to see, oh my gosh, and this is, you know, eye plastic can be an academic, vital part of an ophthalmology program, but uh, but Brad Strotsma and Hank Bayless really invented that. So Hank was the founding chief of the division. He never got a penny from UCLA in terms of his salary. He was always in private practice. His uh, involvement in the university was all volunteer, but he was very involved from the beginning and really ran the program here for many years. Well, you know, it's interesting that you you say like he, you know, he didn't get paid anything for his position and now, you know, on, you know, Dr. Bayless is no longer with us, you know, he he passed away, you know, um in 2017 and so, you know, one of the things, you know, I I would really like to talk to you about is that I do know now that a fund has been set up and um you know, to continue on, I guess, this this tradition and this this division at UCLA. So can we talk about the fund and its purpose and, and really what these, the contribution um, will go towards? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So what we really want to do is honor, honor Hank. You know, his role in our specialty, Angela, is really pivotal. When he started out, <clears throat> oculoplastic surgery was a hobby. He really was, you know, ophthalmologist. You know, at the end of a day of cataract surgery, would do one eyelid case or something, and it, it just wasn't even a serious subspecialty. But Hank had this vision of a robust specialty, and, for example, he started doing 
faceless in the 1980s at a time when it was sort of a bizarre idea for an ophthalmologist to do a facelift. You know, Now that's a, a core requirement of ophthalmic plastic surgical training around the whole country. And orbital surgery, orbital decompressions, for example, were never done by ophthalmologists. Now it's a core ophthalmic plastic surgery procedure. So he, he really envisioned, supported, and developed the, the entire specialty. And our goal is to honor that innovation and imagination that he brought to our field and to honor his name by starting a Henry Bayless Fund at UCLA. This has been established by the chancellor's office and it's a, an official campaign. Our goal is to raise $2 million, which would make this fund a chair. There would be a Henry Bayless chair in ophthalmic plastic surgery at UCLA in perpetuity. And I think that Hank would have particularly been proud to have his legacy in this fund in, and hopefully in a chair because teaching and working with the young fellows, developing young careers, was really one of the most important things to him. As you remember, he was a uh, just a phenomenal teacher, not just funny and smart and dedicated, but his heart was really in helping young people. I know he helped me so enormously in my career, even after I was the division chief, he would... Uh, you know, check in. He he supported me in any way that he could. He supported our fellowship program. It, it, it was his passion. And so his legacy, I think, is uh, magnificently reflected in an academic fund that will go towards teaching, research, and patient care at UCLA in ophthalmic plastic surgery. Yeah, and, and you know what I do I do find fascinating too is, you know, because you talk about how, you know, kind of, you know, in the early days of of of, of aesthetics, you know, there really wasn't very much involvement from the ophthalmic side of things. Whereas if you look at any of the major meetings that take place now on a world world basis, a global level, you know, there is always a section on oculoplastic surgery. And there exactly. are many, many world leaders now in that specialty, which, you know, in, in actually quite a short period of time, when you think about it, that over one man's lifetime this has happened is, is right. pretty huge. <laughs> it is huge. And he, was, and he was a substantial driver of that. And he had so much pushback in the beginning, uh, both from ophthalmologists and other specialties. You know, ophthalmologists just didn't understand the vision of you know, having robust plastic surgery be part of our specialty. And the other specialties were always, you know, just threatened by someone else in their turf. But when you look at the field now, you're exactly right. You know, I think ophthalmic plastic surgery has stepped up among the other core specialties. And what we see is that it really makes the field stronger, right? It's a tapestry. And when you bring all these different training pathways in, You've you've been magnificent, Angela, running these uh, you know amazing multi-specialty meetings, and I think the reason they're so popular well, it's partly because of your leadership and and your oh, personality. Thank you. Thank you. But <laughs> but they're also very 
successful because you learn so much from all the different specialties. Everybody brings in their own uh, you know, biases and traditions from their training. And when you put that all together, patients benefit. The, the, the whole field of aesthetic surgery moves forward. And I think that realization is pretty clear to everybody now, but you know, 20 or 30 years ago, there, there wasn't a, this dream of, of the specialists collaborating and, and teaching each other. And I think Hank was just a huge part of that. So that, that's what I'm hoping this chair will commemorate and also perpetuate because that tradition of Hank's is imbued into our DNA. It's part of the teaching program. You know, we've always seen this as a broad specialty, and we've always seen the value of multidisciplinary collaboration. And so our program at UCLA that I hope will continue to provide national leadership in our specialty and in multidisciplinary aesthetic surgery uh, will be supported you know, in perpetuity by this chair. Hank's bailiff's legacy that way will, you know, will outlive him and me. And you. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, a quick question now. You, you, you know, you, you say that, you know, you're looking to raise $2 million, and, and I know that is, is because of the requirements at UCLA. Um, where are you at with raising that $2 million, and how can our listeners kind of contribute to that, that fund? Because I, I am sure there well, must be a, a lot of doctors yeah. nationwide who would really like to see this continue. I think a lot of a lot of doctors, you know, were touched by Henry Bayless's teaching and graciousness, either directly by knowing him or indirectly by benefiting from you know, the, these positive changes in our specialty. And we're uh, getting close to halfway there. The fund is open. The fund is is uh, open, and I'm going to give you a simple website that people can log on to to if they're interested in learning more about the fund or supporting it. Have you got your pencil, Angela? Absolutely. Yes, I want <laughs> to sign up now. So the, web- <laughs> <laughs> so the website is J-S-E-I. That's the initials of Jules Stein Eye Institute. J-S-E-I.org. Okay, and when we go and so to if people log on to yes, if people log on to jsei.org, that'll take them to our front page, and that Henry Bayless Fund is uh, featured prominently on the on the first page of the website. Great, great. Well, I have written that down. I hope our listeners have written that down too, <laughs> and um, and hopefully, you know, you'll be pretty soon catching up to that that goal that you you've set. Um, I, I think it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing. And again, I know I, I have I I had the pleasure of, of knowing Hank Bayless for for many many years and working with him in various ways. And so I just love what you're doing and, and the work that you do and have continued to do, and yeah. the support that you you know provide by you know speaking at some of the conferences that I manage and other people manage, having your fellows join in and our residents come and listen to. All of the other speakers, I know they get such enjoyment out of that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to watch this fun grow with you. 
Well, thanks very much, Angela. You know, Hank, we all miss him. One of the things that everyone misses the most is his sense of humor. Wasn't he one of the funniest people you ever met? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was such. He was such. He was such a joy. Just he 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 lit up every room that he brought into. And I just have to mention that when the story of our specialty is written, there will be a chapter about you also because you know we've all grown up with this together. But when you when I think about the contributions that you have made in education, you know, it's enormous, Angela. You really, you really, you've touched not only all the doctors who, you know, you've worked with or taught or helped to educate, but all the patients that they subsequently treat. So you're, you're a big part of this specialty also. And oh, I've, I've always felt lucky. I've always felt lucky to work with you and I I try to learn from you everything I can because you're really a master at this. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I really do appreciate <laughs> that very much, very much. And uh, so any last last words here on the Henry Bailey Fund for our listeners? Just that when I think about Henry and I sort of look at his picture and think of you know, his, his smiling face and his joy, his true joy in the specialty. I think that this this fund is going to bring a lot of joy to all of the patients and trainees and faculty that are going to be uh, touched by it and hopefully that we'll be able to carry on and extend his legacy and keep developing the vision that you know he he brought to our specialty that's really made it alive. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Goldberg, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to have you. And and for our listeners, um, just a little reminder that www.jsei.org, and then you can on the front page find the Henry Bayliss Fund page for those of you that would like to contribute to this this you know very much needed um, fund and chair. And again, Dr. Dr. Goldberg, thank you so much for being on our Static Insider Radio. Thanks, Ash. It was fun. I'll talk to you okay. soon. I'll talk bye to bye. you soon too. Thank you. Bye bye.